morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. I'm so glad to see plenty of people here this morning. Some people we haven't seen in a while. It's good to see you. I'm up here to take prayer requests. <coughs> Excuse me. But <coughs> I'm sorry, y'all. My allergies are acting up. But I have a scripture I wanted to share with you this morning, and then I'll explain what it's about. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What I want you to do in your prayer journals, I hope everyone has them and are using them. I want you to write the people that you would like to see saved, your loved ones, friends. This week, that's what I want you to concentrate on, is seeing your loved ones saved. But an important part of that is, but they that wait upon the Lord. Most times it's not an instant thing. We have to wait for the Lord to work in their lives. But it's important for us to keep on keeping on, keep on praying for it. And if we do that, God will strengthen us and help us and carry us through. Are there any prayer requests on this side? Sister Judith? Miss Judith's family and her granddaughter Christian that she'll get the good a good scholarship. Remember that request. Sister. Okay, the pastor, his wife had to have uh, surgery and part of her tongue removed from cancer. Please remember that request. This side, Michael. Remember uh, Trina Davis, Gretchen, Pop Pops back. Pray for Pop Pop. remember Sister Keller. She fell a few weeks ago and, and needs prayer. Sister Diane. Sister Judith. remember that request. Brother Mike. Okay, remember Mike Hager's family. Okay, if that's all, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. 
If you will, and if you will, look at somebody and say, the Lord's going to do something for me today. And now, with faith in your heart, say, the Lord's going to do something for me today. Yes. And I know, y'all can have a seat, because we're, it is different. I, t- I told y'all last Sunday, if you were, if you were able to be here, if you uh, saw online, that I really believed and I had I had this feeling that the Lord was going to do something. That he wanted to do something and he had set this day apart. Uh, a month ago almost, he, t- he began to speak into my spirit to set this day apart. And I believe that he's going to do something. And I said to Sister Dean this morning, well, I said to y'all, like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go because I like to have a liturgy. But I said to Sister Dean this morning, we're going to have our prayer time. I'm going to preach and then I'm going to get out the way. Because I believe that the Lord wants to do something for us today. And and it, it doesn't mean that I have to <laughs> that I have to get up here and sing because our worship should be something that we've done all week long. We're going to have music in a little while and and you're welcome to worship then, but but I just want to I want to speak the word and get out of the way. Cuz I'm telling you God wants to do something. He does. I believe that. So, as we continue to discuss uh, health and wellness over our physical bodies, we, we learned the purpose last week behind keeping ourselves under subjection, uh, using self-control, the training, the competition, the prize. If you weren't able to be here with us last week or hear it, make sure you go back and listen to that. But today, we think about what we wear. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you want the Lord to move and, and you're going to start talking about clothes. Well... You know, you, as you think about your clothing, what you put on, do you, do you wear things for comfort, for fashion, just what you have that's clean? Yeah. How often do you buy something new? See, everybody thinks that I have all these new clothes. I don't. I just keep things for a super-duper long time. So I, have, I just keep everything, and I just keep circling it back. My, I don't buy a whole lot of stuff in my closet. Is chock a box full. If Shane was here, he'd he'd agree. So, do you ever consider what God would want you to wear? Now, please understand, we're not getting into fundamentalism here. Just you know, we got a our long hair and our long dresses and our and our button ups and all that stuff, and y'all look nice, y'all look fabulous. But that's not what I mean when I say consider what God would have you wear. God is specific about the clothing that he likes and the clothing that he puts on us. In Isaiah chapter 61, in this particular setting, Isaiah was speaking prophetically about Messiah, Christ Jesus. We know from the gospel that, that Luke wrote about Jesus that this scroll was brought to Jesus. That as he was in his hometown of Nazareth, he went to the synagogue and and this particular scroll was brought out to him for him to read in front of the congregation. And it says that Jesus opened the scroll and he found this spot. Now he could have read whatever else was written on the scroll. He could have read the 
the chapter before this or the chapter after this, but it says that Jesus found this particular spot and he began to read. So once he had read the verses that he intended, he said to them, this scripture has been fulfilled this very day. With that in mind, we must understand that the promise had an immediate meaning and a long-term meaning. That means that when Jesus says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, it didn't mean that it ended there, it meant that it's, this is what Isaiah was meaning and it continues to today. So this chapter that we're going to look at, this has meaning for us today. This is what God is speaking to us even in this hour. So, for those who had heard the voice of Isaiah, they had read this and and heard it preached to them before Jesus ever came. For those who were going into exile, this prophecy would have brought them encouragement. That Yahweh would not forget the captives or leave them in exile. But when Jesus said to them, this prophecy has been fulfilled this day. He was setting something loose on the earth that now belongs to all of his people. The year of Jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord. See, according to Jewish law, the people were to follow a pattern. They would work for six years, and then on the seventh year, they would rest. It was, a, it was called a Sabbath year. And so they would they would do all their planting and all their harvesting. And then on the seventh year, they would just rest. And they would live off of whatever it was that the Lord had given them at that time, that, in that sixth year. But then, in that, in that Sabbath year, they would free their slaves. The debts would be canceled and forgiven. And it would be... A, a time of, of great rejoicing in the land. Then there were seven sevens. Seven groups of seven years. And then the next year, the 50th year, was something called the year of Jubilee. Now there is no evidence that the children of Israel actually followed this. In Jeremiah, he talks about the fact that The Lord had called for this. He's reminding them, the Lord has called you to a time of jubilee. So Jeremiah said they they freed all their slaves, but then a little while later they called the slaves back. He said, you didn't follow what the Lord had said. The Lord said, set them free. And you're calling them back. You're drawing them back in. So there was never really a time that a jubilee year was followed. In the year of jubilee, there was no work to be done. No planting or harvesting. But you got to think this was the second year in a row that that would have happened. Because year 49 would have been the Sabbath year when they weren't planting or harvesting. And then year 50 was the year of Jubilee that there was no planting or harvesting. So they had to trust God. That God, even though I haven't planted in two years... Even though I have not harvested in two years, God, I believe that you are going to make a way for me to live. That my family will be kept safe. That my, that my family will have food. That my animals will be fed. God, I believe that you are going to do this for me because I am trusting in you. 
So all slaves would have been released. And all property, so all, all the debts would have been canceled in the Sabbath year, but in the year of Jubilee, all property was given back to its original owner. So anything that anybody had <laughs> that used to belong to someone else, they had to give it back. The thing was, at, at the end of the 49th year, they had to surrender everything that, that wasn't theirs. So that year of Jubilee, everyone who had once had something of worth, of value, that they had somehow had to give up. That they had had for some reason to surrender. I, I can't make it, so I'm going to have to sell this. On that year of Jubilee, that 50th year, it would come back to them. The word Jubilee means to flow a rich stream of sound. Now, this word was the word that was used when Joshua was telling the children of Israel, we're going to march around the city, and on the 7th, on the seventh day that we march around this city, you're going to hear these loud sounds. You're going to blow the trumpets and you're going to yell out these, these sounds. And the walls are going to fall. See, that's the kind of sound that this jubilee was about. That rich, loud sound that would make walls fall down. That's what the Lord is calling for. For the year of Jubilee. This loud sound that's going to make walls fall down. Understand in a spiritual sense. This is not just a year. A 365 day process. But it's a unit of time. That the Messiah. Jesus. Ushered in. That he began. He said, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the year of Jubilee. This is the time from now on captives are set free. From now on, property is given back. From now on, walls fall down. So what happens spiritually when Jubilee is observed? Again, remember, they, they didn't observe it. But what happens spiritually when Jubilee is observed? The first thing we see in verses 1 through 3 is liberty. Verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of mourning, the garment of the oil of joy from mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Liberty. Is the first thing that happens when Jubilee is observed. So to the slaves who were looking forward to release. The Sabbath year and the Jubilee were of great importance. Anyone who was bound. They were looking forward to that year. 
They were marking it off in their mental calendars. Maybe they would make tick marks in their room. Marking off the days. This many days. This many days. And I'm going to be set free. This many days. And this many days. And I'm going to be set free. And Jesus said, I have come. This is the year of Jubilee. This is the acceptable year of the Lord to set them free. And see, the beautiful thing about this was when they were set free, they never had to go back into captivity. It wasn't a, okay, you have a a year of release, and then you have to come back. That was the end of their servitude. After those six years, they were done. Jesus said that he had been anointed to preach the gospel to the meek. In Hebrew, this word means depressed. In our class on Wednesday, we talked about uh, meekness being power under control. But in the Hebrew here, it means depressed. That he's preaching good news to those who are depressed. He said that he has been sent to wrap up or be a healer to the brokenhearted. This word means shattered, lame, wrecked. He is here to preach liberty to the captives. Liberty meaning a flowing spontaneity. A loosening, a letting go, a release. He said that he is there to preach jail delivery. The opening of prisons. This, this word right here is only used one time in the, New Test- I mean, in the Old Testament. And it means jail delivery. Salvation from sin to those who are bound by it. We understand that for further liberation will occur. Comfort to those who mourn. To provide for them beauty for ashes. Now this, we've heard this. I've preached this, this same passage before. I remember, I think it was, um, I think it was Beverly Dugan. So it's been that long ago. But I, I, I think I remember that we had, um, we had rough clothing. And it was, you know, beauty for ashes. And, and uh, she, was my, she was my model to switch out the, the beauty for the ashes. But I didn't know that this particular word, the word for beauty, is payer, which is P-E, and then a little line and then er payer which means it's a it's a bonnet or an ornamental garland the word for ashes is efer which is e p h e r and the thing about this is it's the same letters it's the same hebrew letters for the two words ashes and beauty and they have the same words but they're rearranged. I'm telling you, I got excited in my office when I was. Because what this is actually saying is that it's not an exchange. The beauty for ashes is not an exchange. It is that the ashes that you have experienced are going to be transformed into something beautiful. That God is going to take what the enemy meant for evil, what he meant to hurt you, what he meant to shame you 
and he's going to turn it around. He's going to rearrange it so it's good. That's what beauty for ashes means. Oil of joy for mourning. Notice that mourning or mourn is used three times within three verses. See, because God is near to the brokenhearted. If you're mourning, God is near to you. He cares. It matters to him. He wants to give you the oil of joy. Because torn clothing, sackcloth, ashes, removal of jewelry, shaving of the head, faces covered, black clothes, that was the that was the normal idea when you were in mourning. You would make yourself look like you were in mourning. People would know. But what Jesus wants to do, what God wants to do for his people, is to give us oil of joy, gladness, when we're in that state of mourning. I was looking up how long it takes for oil to go rancid. Now, the reason is, when I, last time that I opened the bottle, it, it smelled funny. So I had to clean that bottle out and put fresh oil in. So there's fresh oil in, in a literal sense. There's fresh oil this morning. But there's fresh oil of gladness that God wants to anoint us with. And he says he wants to put on the garment of praise. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This garment of praise, it means the mantle of Tehillah. Now, Tehillah praise, if, if y'all watched or, or if y'all were remembering, excuse me, from a few months ago, we talked about praise. And Tehillah praise is the song of praise. To heal a praise is a spontaneous act of worship. And, and to heal a praise was the praise that, that God said that he will inhabit the praises of his people. So what God is wanting to do here when he says that he will give us the garment of praise. He wants to put on us a mantle that he can rest upon us. That's the type of worship that he's wanting. He's going to give us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That you have been heavy. You have been weighed down. You have been under the oppression of the enemy for too long. In a place that is dim and dull and weak. And God wants to put on you the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. That that be the clothing with which we are clothed. That no more, no more of the heaviness. To throw that off, to get rid of that. And to put upon us the tahila, the mantle of praise. We understand that the mantle was a special anointing, was something that was put upon someone when they had realized their purpose. And God is saying, your purpose is praise. Your purpose is to be the place with which, on which, in which I dwell. That is what I want to do for you. 
The second thing is restitution. In verses 4 through 8, it says, And they shall build the old wastes, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. For your shame ye shall have double. And for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery and burnt off, uh, for burnt offering. And I will direct their work in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. <laughs> so in an immediate sense, the people would have thought about the results. Those who were hearing, those who were about to go into exile, they would have heard this. And they would have thought about their homes that were being destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem that were being torn down. The shame and disgrace of their nation. But hear this in your spirit. It says, they shall. So God is speaking to his people. God is speaking to them. He's saying, Isaiah, tell them, they shall be the ones to build the old waste those ruins they shall raise up those former desolations those things this word desolation means stun devastate or to grow numb god is saying those things that were numb those places that you didn't think you could feel anymore those old waste places those ruins in your heart that you just there's a callus over it. And you just ignored it entirely. No, I'm, I'm not even going to pray about that anymore. I'm not even going to think about that anymore. It's just a callous place. And God is saying those places that have gone numb, those desolations will be raised up. They shall repair, build or make new the cities from generation to generation. And there will be new responsibilities for all people. Those who would be in the oppressors will now be the servants. He said that those foreigners are going to be those who are, who are plowing your fields. So those who were the oppressors, they were about to go into exile in Babylon. Those who are the oppressors will now be your servants. Also, this could mean, in, in a current sense, the inclusion of Gentiles in Yahweh's blessing. That you're going to look out your window and you're going to see people that you never saw before working with you. And it says that they would be a kingdom of ministers and priests. Now we understand that through Christ, we are made priests and kings. Ministers for his purpose. So, 
that idea of a Levitical priesthood is, is no longer for us. But see, these people who were hearing Isaiah's words for the first time did grow up in a Levitical priesthood. So for Isaiah to say to them, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. You're going to be the ministers of God. You know what? They would have immediately said, there's no way. I'm not from the tribe of Levi. That's not who I am. You're calling me. By this name, I, I know I don't have the capabilities of being that thing. I, I know that I can't be that. And, and see, the thing is, that those who would have heard this, these things that God was declaring about them, they may have had some disbelief or some doubt or what what's called imposter syndrome nowadays. It's no, Lord, I can't possibly do this. I'm not good enough. I know that I can't accomplish this. But no longer will we think about what other people have called us. Because God is calling us kings and priests and ministers. Because that's what God wants to do. To erase what other people have said. The lies that the enemy has told. The lies that the the enemy has tried to hold you down and say, Oh, you're nothing and you're no good and you can't ever be and you can't ever do. But what God is saying is, this is who you are. You are a kingdom of priests and ministers. And that is who you will be because the day of the Lord has come. And then he said, payback is coming. For shame meaning to be ashamed, disappointed, or delayed. Y'all ever been there? (laughs) He said, for shame, you will be paid back double. For disgrace, insult, or reproach, you will rejoice in your reward from the Lord. Not only double portions here, but he says, everlasting joy shall be unto them. So not only double portions, but joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what God has promised for his people. And that the justice of the Lord will occur on behalf of us. The third thing that we see is trust. That's the thing that happens when the year of Jubilee is observed. Trust. Verses 9 through 11. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with garments of salvation, and he hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and a bride adorneth herself with her jewels for as the earth bringeth forth her bud as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations so he said the people on the street are going to notice they're going to look at you Not necessarily the way that you're dressed, the way that you look, whatever, but there's going to be something about you. As you go by, those are the people that the Lord has blessed. Look at those people. There's just something about them. They they have a certain glow. They look different. They carry themselves different. This is the kind of blessing that God wants. That His people are blessed beyond measure. 
See, remember this state that they were in. Isaiah is speaking directly to people who were going into exile, who were about to lose every single thing they had. And maybe they ask, how will I ever be blessed? I am in the worst situation that I have ever been in, and how can I possibly receive blessing from the Lord? He was speaking to them about this time of jubilee. Two back-to-back years of no planting and no harvest. How would they survive? Lord, it's been a long time since I planted. Lord, it's been a long time since I harvested. And I'm getting at the bottom. I'm getting, I'm getting low. I'm getting to the bottom of the barrel, God. How will I be blessed? How will I receive from you? But that takes trust. When we say, Lord, it's been years, but today I'm here. It's been a long time, but today I'm here. I'm believing and I'm trusting for great things. And not just a small bit, not just enough, but God, you said double portion. For my shame, I will receive double. God, you said that I will be doubly blessed. And and so your word says it, so I'm going to receive that. You see, (laughs) we pray and we... We talked about this in our class on Wednesday night. We talked about this a lot. We pray small things because sometimes it's like, I, I can handle this on my own. I can do this. For those of us who are that type of person, kind of type A, getting things done, making sure that it's, it's staying on track. Yeah, I can do this. I'm not even going to bother the Lord with that. I don't know if you've ever said that. I've said that kind of thing. I'm not going to bother the Lord with this. No big deal. But then there are others who say, I don't know if the Lord will. Because they haven't built that level of trust up with the Lord. I don't know if he'll do that. That's a very big ask. That's a very big thing to to request of God. But this month we've been focused on prayer. And please understand when I tell this, when when I'm about to say this, this has nothing whatsoever to do with me, okay? But it, it does have to do with following God's word and saying that, that we can have abundantly, exceedingly, more than we can ask or imagine, that God is able to do these things. So this was Thursday, maybe, Thursday. That I was, it was morning and I was praying. And I was just pray, praying big things. Lord, I'm asking that this person be completely healed. Not just feeling better. But I ask that this person be completely healed from this thing. Father, I ask that this person be called back from the addictions that they're in. Father, I ask that this person. And you know, so I'm, I'm naming off different, different things, different people. I'm asking for big things. And I, I was praying, and I said, Lord, and y'all know Leneva. Um, and then she has the, the hip issue. And she's waiting on a time to go get a hip replacement. In the meantime, they've been, um, they've been giving her injections uh, of cortisone into her hip so that she can just survive until the time. Because 
the, the bone has started to deteriorate. And the, and the cortisone makes the bone deteriorate as well. So it, lots of deterioration. So I, I said, and there was, there are other stuff in there. You know, there's bone, but there's other stuff that has deteriorated, that has gone away. And as I was praying, I said, and Lord, the stuff that needs to be back in Lenita's hip, Lord, just put it back. Lord, we just ask, I ask you right now to, to put all that stuff back into her hip. So I'm, you know, praying, just praying different things. And about 5 o'clock that same day, she called me. And she said, I just want to tell you some good news. Okay. She said, I went to the doctor today to get my next cortisone shot. She said, you know, I can have a certain number through a certain number of times up until my surgery. And it's a big process because going from the outside in, there's so much bone on bone that they can't get the needle through. So they have to go in through the other side. Yes, it's bad. So they have to like finagle her leg in a certain way and go through close to her groin. So she said that they were getting her prep, getting her ready, and they were uh, they had the ultrasound on her so that they could watch where the needle goes. And they put the ultrasound on, and, and they were getting ready to put the needle in, and they said, wait just a second. And she said, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm at your mercy. I'm waiting. So she said that they started, they, they were looking, and they said, this is weird. And she said, okay, what is it? There's stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. And she said, what do, you, what do you mean? What stuff? And the doctor said, well, well, normally it's less, you know, it's, it's bone on bone and, and the cortisone deteriorates your bone. But, but I'm looking, I'm going to send you for an MRI because there's more in there than should be in there. And, and so she's telling me all this and she's like, and so I just want to, you know, I think I'm calling everybody, thanking them for praying and all this stuff. And I said, well, that's funny because not funny, but that's interesting because this morning about seven thirty, eight o'clock, I said, Lord, put back, put back what's gone. And it's nothing to do with me, but I want to tell you that God is able to answer big prayers. And so we have to stop saying, Lord, just make them feel better today. We have got to stop doing that, y'all, because God has so much more power than that. So even as we, and I'm not done yet, but as we pray today, we have got to come and we have got to ask big things. Because what's the worst that could happen? He can say no. That's the, that's the very worst. But if we ask small and we don't receive big, it is our own fault. We have got to ask big. So here he says, We haven't harvested. How will we survive? He said, But, but you're going to be blessed. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. <laughs> and he hath covered me with robes of righteousness. <sighs> so I will be bright and cheerful because of Yahweh. You say, I, that's not me. It, it will be. 
will be in you. My soul will be joyful. Now, this in this particular chapter, three different words for joy are used. This is the third word. Now, the first two are feeling words. Feeling cheerful, feeling happy. But this word, this is an action word. <laughs> and it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. This word joyful means to spin around. To, to spin around. And see, I, <laughs> what I thought of when I, when I read this is to spin around. You know, like a little girl. I'm sometimes us older ladies too. You you have a dress that will that will spin, and it spins, and, and it and you see it ripple. And what what he's saying is, the the I'm going to stand before my father, and I'm going to be able to spin around, and I'm going to look at me, look at me, look at me, God, here I am. As your child, here I am before you, trusting in your presence, trusting that you love me. He says that he has wrapped me up in new clothes. He has given me a covering of deliverance and a robe of righteousness because I'm not who I was. And then he says... The Lord God. Now, this is interesting because he says this in the first verse and he says it here in the last. The Lord God. He uses this particular name for God. And it is Yahweh Adonai. Yahweh Adonai. The Lord, my master. The Lord, my master, will cause growth. When I surrender to him. He is the Lord my master. He is. He is the one. That I serve. That I surrender myself to. The Lord my master. And praise. Righteousness and praise will spring forth at his command. From the place that they are planted. See because the growth is not your responsibility. (laughs) The growth is not my responsibility. My responsibility is the surrender of calling him Lord God. Yahweh Adonai. My master and the one who has everything and is everything I need. Sometimes I trust in myself. I try to make it right on my own, but I can't. He is Yahweh Adonai, the Lord my master. If righteousness and praise are planted, then only God can call forth life out of the ground. This requires trust, not being in control, believing when we can't see. When something's planted, you can't see it, but you just have to have faith that it's going to come forth. And that's what God is asking us to do. Trust. Trust. If you've planted it, that it's going to grow. Trust that if you've put it in the ground, if you've sown in tears, if you have... If you've walked by, dropping those seeds, praying and crying the whole time, 
that God's going to bring it forth. The year of the Lord's favor has come. It came the, the moment that Jesus came. And it is here now. It was ushered in by him. So that means that every single one of these promises is freely available to us. Okay? It is freely available to you today. So what did he promise? Liberty, restoration, trust. Because the time is now. We don't know. We don't know when we leave here today what's going to happen. We have no idea. But I would hate for it to be that we left here saying, man, I should have gotten something from the Lord. I'd hate for us to feel like I'm still burdened. I'm still carrying this load that I could have surrendered to him, that I could have laid down, and he allowed me to, but, but I just kept it. So, as the music plays, but I, I have a, a list of things, and just listen. As the So today, if any of you, if any of you here today need to exchange some clothes, so mourning for joy. You've been you've been in mourning for so so long, but you need the joy of the Lord. Today is your day. If you need your situation to turn around for good. If you need God to take what was ashes and make it beauty, then today is your day. If you need to believe that you are who Yahweh says you are, that you've been lied to by the enemy for so long. Believe in one thing, but he calls you something else. He calls you child. He calls you chosen and beloved. If you need to believe that today, today is your day. If you have felt numb and you need to be rebuilt, today is your day. If you have felt shame and confusion and you need some clarity, today is your day. If you need to be forgiven or made righteous, today is your day. If you want joy and freedom to spin around in the presence of the Lord, today is your day. If you need God to give life to what you have sown and to what you're worried is dead, today is your day. Now is the time. I, I, I'm asking you, and normally I'm saying, you know, stay where you are and that's fine. I'm asking you to, in faith, come forward. If you want to kneel here, if you want to stand and pray, I'm, I'm asking you to, to have faith today and receive from the Lord because He is here and He wants to do something. I believe that with all my heart. Today is the day. If you need to receive, come now. He is here.
took a breath, you breathed your life in me. 
count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out And yes, I you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name, oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days, oh yes, I will.
sing all my testimony tonight. Oh.